So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is speaking. It's his Sermon on the Mount overlooking the Sea of Galilee. We've finished chapter 5, now we're into chapter 6. Jesus says these words, Watch out! Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogue and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I'm telling you the truth, they've received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And when you fast... Don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled. So people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting, except your Father who knows what you do in private. And your Father who sees everything will reward you. Aaron. And will you join me in praying for her as she comes to share with us this morning? Jesus, these words that you spoke were powerful at that time on that hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. They've been powerful ever since. They've been repeated over and over for 2,000 years. And they're going to be brought again today. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to breathe on Erin and the text she's prepared, that it would be a living word, a living piece of real bread from heaven for us this morning that would feed our hungry souls. For your honor and glory, we pray. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. So great to see you. Um, This has been such a wonderful text to delve into. It's like a a love letter from Jesus. The whole Bible is, but this in particular has just been amazing. Thank you, Wayne, for coaching us through it and Julie for being a sounding board. So this morning, we're going to talk about our Father in heaven. I already really feel a sense of 
just God's tenderness this morning. I already feel <laughs> haven't even started. But just his tenderness and his just loving affection towards us and this this um, promise of peace is just um, so comforting this morning. So Matthew chapter 6, it starts off with these two main ideas. And these are the ideas that I want you to walk away from with this morning. Number one, who are you doing your good deeds for? And number two, we have a father in heaven who rewards us. Now, Jesus is speaking about these three good deeds. He's talking about giving to the needy. He's talking about prayer and he's talking about fasting. And these were very common and expected practices um, in the Jewish culture at the time. And they're part of normal Jewish life in Israel at this time when Jesus was talking. And Jesus is warning us about doing these good deeds for the approval of people rather than for God. So Jesus starts with this warning. It's a bit capturing, attention-pulling. He starts off in verse 1. He says, watch out. And this is a great verse for just capturing our attention. What is it that Jesus is wanting to capture our attention? What is he wanting us to see? There must be very significant, Jesus is highlighting here, if he's starting with such a strong phrase. What is it we're to watch out for? The next line says, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. This is the warning. Don't do your good deeds for public recognition. Jesus says the result of this, this will be all the reward you get, and there will be no reward from your Father in heaven. I feel like this is also such a very um, important warning to us today, especially with the rise of social media and the temptation to publicly display on social media what we're doing today. So he starts off talking about giving. Good deeds or charity were designed by God to take care of other people. It was kind of like um, the social security system or the Centrelink of Israel. It was to support those who were unable to look after themselves and it was to display God's goodness and God's provision. So Jesus then gives what be might what might be a bit of a dramatic example. I can't imagine this really happening and there's no historical evidence that says this, but it says that people entering the temple carrying trumpets when they gave their offering. I could just imagine this procession line walking down the walking down the aisle as you come to place your place your offering in the temple. But we believe biblical scholars are just helping. This is Jesus helping exaggerate exaggerate this point of giving so other people see. The idea is that if your intention is to announce that you are giving and to let others know about your good deeds, this is all the reward and all the praise that you will receive. So Jesus then goes on to give us an alternative in verse 3. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private. I don't know about you, but I had a grandparent who had this in their lounge room, this bowl of lollies that sat on the, like the entry table. And we'd always ask mum and dad for one. 
But my grandfather would be very sneaky. He'd always do that. He'd grab one out of the ball and just as you're leaving, you know, he'd, he'd tuck it into your hand or he'd tuck it into your pocket and say, shh, don't tell them. You know, this really sneaky, this really sneaky giving. That's the joy of being a grandparent, I suppose. But slipping that gift in, that little love, that little love gift as you left their house. And I feel like this is the picture that Jesus is painting for us. Jesus is giving us a choice. Will you choose to do your good deeds for the approval and to be thought worthy of by other people around you? Or will you choose to do it in secret and trust that your father in heaven will see everything and will reward you? Whose reward are you living for? The next section Jesus goes on to address is prayer. Jesus continues to speak and he now addresses prayer, which was another common practice. And here Jesus again displays for us two choices. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I think of Jesus's warning like this. When you are talking, when you are praying, are you talking to God or are you trying to impress those who are around you and those that you are praying with. I'm so thankful that God birthed the prayer room in our community well, 18, 18 years ago. And it's so good to be able to have a place to go and, and pray with others. But sometimes I have this struggle when I get into the prayer room and sometimes the thought comes into my mind about what are other people hearing when I'm praying so I find this a challenge when I go into the prayer room. It's great to have time on my own in there, but then when we're in groups and we're praying with others, these thoughts start racing through my mind. I start asking myself, am I, am I praying right? What are the people hearing from me? Hearing, does it sound right? Does it sound like Jesus? Am I, am I using scripture right? Am I honoring God? And sometimes my motivation ends up coming out, am I praying so other people hear it right? Whatever that means. But Jesus says, if you are going to do it to be seen by others, the only reward you are ever going to get is the praise from others. So he gives us an alternative. Go into a private place. Be with your father. For he will see what is done in secret and he will reward you. God's desire for prayer is to build relationship with our heavenly father, whether that be at home on our own with our families or with others in the community. Jesus again says, starting at verse 7, And when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. So in the ancient world, the Jews were the only ones who prayed to a God. There were other gods that were acknowledged by other cultures. And this is also true today. So Jesus is warning against the mindless repetitions and words and phrases like other religions might do. You might hear it of mantras, there's chanting, there's different things, the repetition of saying things over and over to appease their gods. And we can fall into that similar trap too. Our struggle can be that if we really desire something, you know, when something wells up in you and you have this 
this strong desire. It can be if I, if I just pray hard enough, if I just pray enough or in the right way or the right amount of times, or I get enough people to pray with me, then God will hear me and he will answer my prayers. But God, Jesus is teaching us that prayer is actually personal and is actually relational. He really breaks down that feeling of striving and having to make it just, make it just right. It says, the Father sees me and the Father knows me before I even ask. So Jesus coaches us on how to pray to our Father. And this is one that feels so common and so familiar to us. But it, is so, it is so beautiful. And it starts off. So this is Jesus speaking and Jesus teaching us how to pray. And it starts with our Father in heaven. We aren't praying to a boss. We aren't praying to a CEO. We aren't praying to a cold, heartless person who wants it done correctly. We are talking to our Father in heaven. And it gives us this picture of this relationship that God desires with those who he created and who he wants to hear from. That he is in heaven. He is above it all. He's able to see it all. And he actually knows it all before we even ask. The next line says, may your name be kept holy. Meaning that the name of God is holy. Our father in heaven, your name is holy. Your name is set apart. Your name is to be honored. And Jesus invites us into this prayer that the Father's name would be honored everywhere to the ends of the earth. The next line says, may your kingdom come soon. Jesus invites us in to pray for the kingdom of our Father in heaven, that it would come first, it would come first to Israel, and then it would spread to the ends of the earth. And Peter Sukahara from Israel spoke a really powerful message on this at New Life back in September, and I'm sure it's free, you can go download it and rewatch it on the website. The next line says, May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is here, what is around us, this is temporary. But we long for a day when God will reign here on earth and every good thing and every good reward that He has for us will be here on earth just as he promised because he is faithful. The next line says, give us today the food we need. We rely on God daily. I don't know about you. I rely on God daily for every provision, everything I need, not just the physical, but everything I need, and he invites us into this trust relationship with our Heavenly Father that he will provide every need that I have. And it's this, it feels like it's this beautiful picture of the Israelites when they're in the desert. Every day they had to rely on that manna from heaven to be provided by God for that day and then refresh again the next day. Every morning they needed it new, and we do too. The next line says, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. God first forgave us, not because we deserved it, but because he loved us and he set this example. And now he invites us in 
And he asks us to offer this same forgiveness for those who do us wrong. It's not easy. (laughs) But do not let us yield to temptation. It doesn't say, take my temptation away. It doesn't say, don't give me any temptation. But he's asking us, do not yield to temptation. When we are tempted, God, hold me fast to the truth of who you are. But rescue us from the evil one. That we would be delivered from the evil one and we would be rescued from his vices. This discernment of being able to discern evil and truth. The final thing Jesus moves on to talk about is fasting. Verse 16 starts with, And Jesus says, When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. But I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. Fasting is a normal Jewish practice. And again, Jesus says, when you fast, no one else needs to know. I don't know about you, but if you if you're ever choosing to fast with Jesus and you get that, oh, oh, you're looking tired, you're okay. Oh, I'm just so hungry. And there's this temptation to go, oh, there's a reason for that. But he's asking us to do it without having admiration from others. If you fast for the approval of others, then that is the only reward you are ever going to receive. And the section ends with, when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father, who knows what you do in private, and your father, who sees everything, will reward you. Notice those lines that keep repeating. No one except your father, your father who sees, your father who knows. He will reward you. Notice how Jesus keeps using this, these words, your father, your father. And he keeps repeating it over and over again, this revelation of the heart of the father in these practices. A major transformation happened in my life, over, especially over the last year. And I'm so grateful for God revealing this father heart of God to me. For, for many years, um, I felt like I lived in this place of um, perfectionism and striving and needing to get everything right and having this facade of not wanting to be corrected and not wanting to be um, argued against, not a, a facade of having it all together. Um, and Jesus, in his great mercy, came and interrupted that, and I'm so thankful that he did. Over the last year, God has been so gracious in revealing the Father heart of God. He reveals his loving kindness, and when he reveals the Father heart of God, it actually it changes your identity because you know who you are. You know who you are in God and it causes you to feel secure in that identity. I actually don't have to hold on to anything to protect myself or protect a reputation or anything. I can actually leave that with God because at the end of the day, it's, it's his responsibility. It's an amazing way of being able to just let go and control, let go of control and say, God, have your way. 
But this actually opens up um, amazing possibilities to be able to just sit in the presence of God and actually um, experience him in different ways. And when I do, he washes away the fears and he washes away the striving. And when all that's taken away, he actually leaves you with his peace. It empties out all the stuff that isn't of him. And he leaves you with peace. Love this mashalem, my, my peace with you. God promises this amazing reward. Our Father in heaven promises to reward that, reward us. And I always think of rewards as being something very physical and something very tangible and something I can hold on to when I hear your treasures of gold and silver. God actually, the reward our Father in heaven is promising us is actually God himself our very greatest reward and it far surpasses anything we could ever wish to attain in any other way in him we have all the glory of the universe in him we have acceptance we have belonging we have significance we have everything god created us to experience we don't have to try earn it. We don't have to strive to try and make it happen. We have everything we need in God our Father. On earth, we all have pictures of a father. We all have a heavenly father role model that we look up to, whether it's our own dad or, or another male figure. And it may be a good experience. It may not have been a good experience. But for me, I always wanted to please my dad. There's something that comes naturally to me and it's this natural striving to, to achieve, to gain your father's approval. I wanted him to be proud of me. I wanted to hear from him. I am so proud of you. I am so pleased. You are so special to me. And I needed this love and affirmation. And he was very generous in giving that freely and regularly. And this affirmation is one thing that I miss most about my dad. But God has been so gracious and so loving and kind in giving me new ways of experiencing God, my father in heaven. Knowing the love of God has helped, has it hasn't helped, it has. Knowing my God in heaven has set me free from craving the affirmation and the applause of people. It doesn't come easily, it's a journey um, and there's no way are we ever there yet but, but it is a wonderful journey to travel on with our Heavenly Father of being able to strip away the need to find approval and affirmation and the applause of people here on earth. I can give, I can pray, I can fast without anyone needing to know. But I know my Father in heaven, he sees and he knows. I am confident that he knows me, that he says those words, I love you, you are special, I am proud of you. And I hear it from him and he is my great reward. I don't need the applause of people. I still want it. But God is so gracious on the journey. And when I look to my heavenly father for those rewards in him and the affirmation, 
the applause of people actually begins to fade away in the beauty of who God is and enjoying his rewards. And in that, he gives me the rest that I need to trust in my heavenly father. And when I rest in God, he fills me with peace, knowing that I can rely on him for everything that I need. So to wrap up this morning, I think Jesus is highlighting two things and I believe he would invite us to ponder on these two things. Number one, be careful not to do your good deeds for the applause of people, but for the reward of our Father in heaven. And secondly, ask God to reveal himself as our Father. And I know this is his, his desire. He wants to be known as a father figure to take away any lies, take away any misunderstandings about who he is and reveal himself as our true father in heaven and to fill us with that mashalem peace that he so freely gives. To finish up this morning, I would just love to finish in prayer. And I'll be praying from Ephesians chapter 3. If you'd like to open that or you can just listen But I really invite you just to enter in and to ask God just to reveal his his father heart, his desire, his affection, his love that he so he really desires to pour it over you. You don't have to feel deserving. You don't have to feel like you've earned it. You don't have to. The best place to come is from this weak and broken spirit. And he already knows before you even ask him and he's waiting there to pour it out and give it to you. So I just want to, I just want us all to pray together this morning from Ephesians 3. And when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to God, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down in God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep is his love and may you experience the love of Christ though that is too great to fully understand and then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God and heavenly father our father in heaven we honor your name this morning and we lift it high and we thank you for your open invitation to reveal yourself as our Father in heaven. How great is your love for us. And we thank you that you are the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I thank you that you have made this available, your glorious unlimited resources you have made available to those that you created. So I ask God for an increase of these to be made known to us. 
Father, I ask that you would make your home in our hearts, that we would know that we can trust you as our Father in heaven, that we would be able to rest in who you are. We would find peace in the rest without having to strive, without having to make it on our own, without having to try a little bit harder. But Christ would make his heart, his home in our hearts. And I ask that out of this, your great love, the roots of your great love would go down deep, that wouldn't be shaken by trials and circumstances and things that come for and against us. But your love would go down deep and we would know and understand, Heavenly Father, how great your great love is for us. So I thank you. I thank you for your loving kindness. I thank you for your provision. And I ask that you would come and fill us with the life and the power that you have so freely available. In Jesus' name, amen. Erin, thank you. Thank you for that heart preparation. Thank you for looking into the scriptures and just bringing the, the essence of that message from Matthew 6 today. Jesus speaks so simply, but it's so powerful. I'm really struck by that as we're going through this series. Also, thinking, Erin, about the theme of this morning and what you've pulled out about our Father and knowing the Father's love. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus knew and that's how come he could come to earth. That's the reason he could go to the cross. And it wasn't even to be recognized for who he was. But it was our Father, your will be done on earth as it is in, not my will, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's powerful.